Now, I want to encourage you to get a hold of this book. It's written by the person who is addressing you right now. But that's no reason not to buy it. It's on the fivefold ministry. And the whole topic is very good because this is written for us in local church, how we can see the fivefold ministry expressed and released amongst us um, at every level of church life. But in particular, it has obviously a couple of good chapters on prophecy. And uh, there is a section there on giving and receiving personal prophecy. Personal prophecy is one tiny slice of God's prophetic manifestations. It's not everything, but it's certainly not nothing. God is very good to us. We all have the Holy Spirit if we belong to Christ. And so prophetic words can release, confirm, encourage, bless, challenge, give some levels of guidance, along with all the other ways that God leads us and guides us. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a short presentation from the scriptures. We'll turn to Acts chapter 13 in a moment. Where we see the gift of personal prophecy being released at a level of church encouragement, release of new ministries, guidance and direction. God guides his church, leads his church by the Holy Spirit. And then after that, I'm going to go through some guidelines of, of how we conduct these sessions, which we call a prophetic presbytery. That's not unique to us. It's a word that is used in lots of different contexts, and maybe there's a better one, but basically it means setting aside time for people who will seek the Lord to be used in imparting a prophetic word or anything else that God has. And that's, that's really, really is our ministry Sunday by Sunday, of course. But there are times when we want to be intentional about it. And I want you also to be ready because anything may happen. A truly spirit-directed time together should be surprising. And one of the ways that God uses the gift of prophecy is not just for personal words of encouragement and guidance and so forth, but by releasing something. And I've chosen a great Bible example of a releasing and an impartation. The prophetic ministry is so often about declaring what God is doing or is about to do or wants to do. And when that prophetic word is delivered with purity and simplicity and authority, it can be like a key that unlocks situations. God is a God of declaration. 
He declares, and it is. And I could go on and talk about stories in my life when God has released me into something special through a prophetic word. I am probably, uh, uh, not exaggerating, I am the product of a number of key and significant prophetic words which have been released into my life and brought me to where I am and pray God will continue to lead me as to where he wants to go. Let's talk to the Lord one more time before we come to this. Heavenly Father, we still our hearts. We turn aside from every form of distraction, whether they be the legitimate concerns of busy lives, whether they be deep questions that we have and concerns and troubles of mind and spirit. And we turn deliberately away from our questions and we look to you. We ask you to speak in a way that you choose to speak with all the wisdom that is in you. We pray, Father, that you would bind and exclude every negative, troubling, deceiving, lying spirit. That in place of those voices which can so often try to distract us and discomfort us. We would have the confidence through the blood of Jesus that our lives are pure and sanctified by your grace and that you have a pure word to come into a pure heart. So, Father, we would pray what Eli told Samuel to pray. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. I will at times comment on what I'm sensing in the Spirit, so it's by way of modeling and learning and picking up on things. But right now there has come a tremendous anointing and release in this service. And I surrender to that. So let's turn to the Scripture. Acts 13, verses 1 through 3. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaean, a member of the court of, the Herod, of Herod of the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now really this is, in a short series, the third message that I've spoken on the topic of hearing God, listening to God. Do get the other messages, you'll find them online. And now I want to be more specific about giving and receiving personal prophecy. And the subtitle is, When the Spirit Speaks. Just pause and drink that in. The possibility, the reality 
of the Holy Spirit speaking in such a clear way that we recognize his voice and we find that the words of God that come to us through this means are so timely, so immediate, so clear that it can become a defining moment. When the Spirit speaks. Now, what's the context here? This is the church of Antioch, which was a breakthrough church in the mission to the Gentiles. They were an innovative church. They were, they didn't break the mold. There was no mold. They created something by the Spirit of God. Here we have the hallmarks of everything that we know and love about New Testament Christianity. This was the place after discipleship that the disciples were called Christians. So the ministry that God was giving them was a formation into the likeness of Christ. So much so that the world around them who were not believers said, oh, look, those people are the Christians, Christians. They were using it as a, a term of mocking. You're always talking about Christ, you Christian, Christian, Christian. And the, the disciples heard this and said, I like that. You meant it as an insult. We're taking it as a compliment. Thank you. And from that moment onwards, disciples have been called Christians. And we owe it all to what God did in that church. Special features of this church were outlined to us and set before us as a model of ministry by the senior minister before me, Wynne Lewis, in his first message to the church, spoke about the Antioch church and saying, this is who you are and who we are. And while there have, has been, well, I became the senior minister after that, and there'll be one after me sitting right there here to my right. That word, it transcends, you know, different individual ministries. It, it, it's, it's who we are as a church. We are an Antioch church. We're a church of multicultures. We can see that here. We're a church that is, has a gift mix and distribution of gifts. We are a church that raises people up and sends them forth. And we are a church who releases people into the purposes of God. All because the Spirit speaks. And because we who hear the Spirit claim the freedom to obey the Holy Spirit. Not to follow the well-worn uh, paths of, of history, as important as that is, but that we are present-day people with a present-day anointing, with a present-day word for this generation. We are a church that has never been bound by traditions in the sense that we follow man-made rules and regulations as important as structures are and we are faithful and loyal members of a denomination that also seeks to follow the Holy Spirit. But we are not planning things in the imagination and wisdom of our own human minds. We are not 
chief executive officers with a board of management. We are Holy Spirit people seeking to hear his voice and waiting even tonight for the Spirit to speak. Notice some of the gift mixers. There were prophets and teachers. Now you may say, well, what's so significant about that? But if I were to tell you that in most churches, prophets and teachers don't mix. The teachers are wanting to say, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. Prophets want to say, God says, God says. Well, we shouldn't fight. We are, we are a church of the word and the spirit. And in fact, this word is given by the spirit. And the words that are spoken immediately through prophecy are conformed to the word of God. Problem over. Notice there were prophets and teachers in the church. This is so important, don't miss it. We're not lone ranger ministries. And the prophetic ministry so often is so badly understood and misunderstood in churches that many prophets are excluded from churches because churches can't handle them. They're too hot to handle. And of course, some of them, you know, well, anyway, there are some weirdos about, but we're talking about the genuine thing. How wonderful that this is an affirmation for us. We are a word church and a spirit church. There is no competition. We, we understand both is necessary. And both are part of the apostolic and prophetic move back to the New Testament reality. So there was something very special in the makeup of the leadership of the church. There was a diversity I mean, I mean this, this looks like a list of nations that are present in Notting Hill Gate. There was tremendous grace upon that church. And I, I, I want to say to you, I believe that there was a reason for that. And we see the kind of people that they were, and we, we want to become the, that kind of people, that kind of church. Okay, so here, here they are, the gathering. Now, what are they doing? They are worshipping and fasting. Normally we talk about prayer and fasting. And that's coming. But this may sound unusual to us, but it shouldn't be unusual. Because our relationship with the Lord, as we minister to him, and dwell in his presence and love his presence and worship him, supercharging our worship with fasting. That's the context out of which spiritual revelation flows. They had their priorities right. First, they ministered to the Lord. Worship is all of this and more. But they worshipped and fasted. Now fasting is a way of supercharging. It's a way of super focusing. And how wonderful that when they came together, they didn't just fast and pray. But they worshipped and fasted. And in this context, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit spoke. Many, many times in my life, the turning points, the decisive defining moments came when I hear 
the spirits speak. And when he speaks, something happens. Everything changes. You don't see things any longer merely from a human perspective. You see things with a fragment of the revelation of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The Holy Spirit spoke. Now, it's not the case that every time somebody claims to give you a prophecy, it's the Holy Spirit speaking. There are such things as immature and unformed uh, prophecy, and, and we, we help people and we encourage people, and, and, and that some people stumble at many points, and, 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 but we're here to encourage people. But this prophetic word was not only pure, it was mature, and it was the real thing. Prophecies must be tested and sifted. How did this prophetic word come? How did this word come? It says, the Spirit said. I think it's quite obvious, though I really, I suppose, looking at it, I really can't prove it. But to me, it's obvious, having just mentioned prophets, that when the Holy Spirit spoke, he spoke through somebody. He spoke through the prophetic. In the context of biblical wisdom and understanding, perfect combination. And so tonight, as we make room for what the Holy Spirit may want to do, we ask him for something that is clear and genuine and a blessing. Now, what did the Holy Spirit say? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. I love that. I love that. Barnabas and Saul were sent on a mission, and from that moment onwards, we hear of them being spoke of as the apostles, the sent ones. Something new was happening. There was a release of something new. And with the prophetic word, I believe not only came direction, but impartation. Many years ago, I can tell you the year 1991, when you hear the story that we're, we're filming and telling a story of some of the things that have happened, we've been through, you will hear more about this. But there was a prophetic word about Brazil and we were going for the first time and uh, one of the sisters in the church, a godly woman, she was not in a position of authority or responsibility. She was a regular worshiper, a lover of God, a spirit-filled believer, perfect candidate to bring a word from the Lord. And she said, you know, I would really like to see you and I'd like, like us to pray together. Isn't God wonderful? Because we met in that room, the very room that visitors are invited to after the service. And who knows, but a residual anointing may be there. But this dear sister, she began to share how she'd been interceding for Brazil. And you know, a prophetic word is not just an automatic thing. It's not an ATM. Put the card in, remember the code, 
and it all comes out. God is not automatic. He's a person. And a prophetic word will, in, will an invitation to pray, to meditate on, on that word, a confirmed word of prophecy. And, and she had taken this seriously about Brazil, and she prayed. And God had blessed her in such a way as when we met together and prayed, a supernatural anointing for that mission came upon my life. You'll maybe hear more about that. And that's why it is so important to be sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. It was not just a prophecy, a prediction, or a statement, or an encouragement. With the word came an impartation. Very often, spiritual gifts are released through the prophetic word. The gift of God happens through the impartation, not merely through ecclesiastical authority and office holders. As important it is for anybody who holds any position in the church also to carry a strong anointing. If they don't, they should get out of that office. But you don't have to have a high-level position in the structures of human organization. You just have to have an open heart and an open ear and there is no telling what God will do as you surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. And from that moment onwards, Barnabas and Saul were separated to the Holy Spirit's work and his calling. It's not surprising that Churches that are open to the Holy Spirit become the most dynamic worshipers, prayers, people who reflect the message of the gospel, break down walls, barriers, and become effective for God. I want you to notice that the Spirit said, set aside Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. And the clear implication is, is that this was not a surprise. Barnabas and Saul didn't turn and say, what, what's he talking about? What, what, what work is that? They knew. And this is very important for you to understand. A prophetic word nearly all the time is a confirmation of what you have already heard from the Spirit. You see, back in the old days, in the Old Testament... Not everybody was anointed. In the New Testament, we are all anointed. We all have the Holy Spirit. And so the gift of prophecy is usually not about something that you've never heard before. It is a confirmation and there's a resonating in your spirit. Yes, yes, this is what I have felt. And it's a confirmation of what God has said to you. There are times when it is way out there. Let me tell you a word that I received that was way out there, and just because it was out there, I didn't exclude it, but I said, okay, God, I'm waiting for that confirmation. <laughs> this word was that I would have a powerful ministry in Japan. So be it, Lord. But I never thought of that before. I'd never aspired to it. I never desired it. 
and it was a new idea. And therefore, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit's confirmation and timing. I don't rule it out, but I'm not going to act on that word alone and catch the next plane unless there was with it a real sense from the Holy Spirit in my own spirit that this is what I should do. So when somebody prophesies over your life, they're not saying, hey, listen, you haven't got the spirit I have, so I'm going to tell you. No, there is a tremendous flow of confirmation when it comes to revelation. Now then after the word, then they began to fast and pray. I like that. Because prayer is not asking God to do what you want him to do. Prayer is lining up with the revealed will of God and praying that God will do what he has decided to do. We pray, let your will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. Prayer is not the opposite, saying, let my will be done in heaven as it's done on earth. It's all about surrendering to prophetic revelation. And when I come to pray, I always ask God, show me, reveal to me what you want to do. What is on your heart for Britain? What is on your heart for this person? And then out of revelation can flow real intercession. Now, until you get to the point when you know, you can just say, you can keep asking God, and there's always something we can pray, but we cannot be released into the fullness of intercession without revelation. Now, in order to fast and pray based on what God has said, they had to have received the word and, took it, and take it seriously. The passage I spoke about earlier was, do not despise prophecy test all things and hold fast what is good that's something you must know a word spoken over your life if it's truly from God cannot simply just be put on the shelf and forgotten you need to record it you need to sift through it you need to wait on God with that word. And God will activate it when the time is right. But we have to keep, hold fast to that word. And that's something very, very important. That's why tonight the prophetic words, as and when they come, will be recorded. So that you can remember what is said and there's accountability with that. So I, we've sent out instructions on this, but we've got to, got to make sure that you come, come forward with a mobile phone. I mean, we've got recording devices everywhere, haven't we? In the old days, we used to use little micro cassette and just play them, and then you'd have to go back. Remember those days, 1873? <laughs> so remember that, that's important. And so. Those involved in prophetic presbytery, you have your instructions and make sure that that happens so that there's not just accountability, but you can recall. And um, sometimes um, when we receive a word like that, we, we, we go home and then somehow 
we, we change it in our minds and, 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 and we, we, we kind of make it into the word that we wanted to hear in the first place. So it's, it's just important, important. But it's, it, it's not about bringing some form of control and to so regulate this that the Holy Spirit himself is bored. No, it, it, it's about giving you the opportunity to take it seriously. And it said they prayed and fasted when the word of the Lord came. And then it also says they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I don't know if it happened the same evening, but that's the next step. A word from the Lord will lead to some kind of action. Even the action of doing nothing but waiting. That's, that's doing nothing is the hardest action. As they laid hands on them, it was an act of identification, symbolic of the body of the church, but as I've said also, an act of impartation. We have nothing to impart unless and until the Holy Spirit speaks. And I believe, much like that experience when I first went to Brazil, but so much more, through that prophetic word and through that focus on God and their seriousness with which they approach the whole question of listening to God. All of that led not just to a shift in their position physically and geographically, but it led to a release of that great apostolic ministry of Paul and Barnabas and others to follow. And so while there is order in God's church and principles to follow, all that we do should be truly spirit-led. I'm not talking about walking down the street and ask, Holy Spirit, lead me. Is it McDonald's or KFC tonight? <laughs> I'm talking about, well, if God was to direct you there, I, I've been directed to restaurants in order to speak to a particular person that God prepared. So I'm not, I'm not mocking that God could actually tell you. I mean, I don't think many of you need a word from the Lord to go into KFC, but um, God, God, God can give you promptings in some of the most specific ways. But I'm talking about being prepared to hear the voice of God in such a way that it says, Lord, I want what you want. Lord, I want your spirit to speak to me. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening.